All right, 780-496-0063-403-974-8255. See a couple of calls, uh, people wanting to weigh in on Charlie Watts and talk about the OEG's announcement on vaccines for Euler games, much like the Flames announced yesterday. But before we do that, uh, you just heard the legendary Charlie Watts, who passed away today at the age of 80, um, one of the original members of the Rolling Stones, along with um, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards and Bill Wyman, Jones, um, passing away at the age of 80. So we're going to get some insight uh, with a guy who uh, knows more about music than anybody I've ever talked to before, Alan Cross, who is host of the Ongoing History of New Music. Alan, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Yeah, I, I, I had a feeling that something was wrong back earlier this month when it was announced that Charlie yeah. wasn't going to be touring with the Rolling Stones later this year. Uh, this is a guy who joined the band in January 1963 and never missed a single gig <laughs> in that entire time. So uh, this is a guy who had a series of substance abuse issues in the 80s that he beat. Yeah. Then there was uh, the throat cancer scare in 2004, which he beat. Uh, and then uh, for him not to tour, it's like, whoa, something's... I mean, you know, he was 80 years old, yeah. but he did specify that there was some kind of medical condition. At the time, though, Alan, they said, Charlie's going to be fine. He just needs time to recover. He can't come out on tour. He just needs time to recover. So they didn't lead on at all that it was something anywhere near this serious. No, no, no. I, I, I when, it, when it popped up on my phone, it was like, what? Really? How? No, can't be. It's Charlie. And, yeah. and, you know, he was, you know, compared to the rest of the Rolling Stones, he was probably, you know, the healthiest. <laughs> you know, that's a relative term. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, you know, and, and he was, uh, again, 80 years old, but not the guy that you would expect to go first. No. Um, we know it's not going to be Keith. <laughs> no, no. Keith, uh, listen, <laughs> Keith is a cockroach. He'll be with us for, for hundreds of years. Yeah, he'll outlive all of us. Yes. When we take a look at Charlie, though, um, you know, 60 years almost playing for the Rolling Stones, but that was never his first love. He was a jazz musician through and through. Where does he fit in the pantheon of rock and roll legends, especially behind the kit like Charlie was? Where does he fit in terms of greatness? Okay, so he was one of the, he was a member of, he was the drummer for one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. So there's there's the Beatles, there's the Stones, there's the Led Zeppelin, there's a few others. and, And he's, okay, so right there. Um, secondly, he was never flashy, nope. but he was very tasteful. So he was the kind of guy that, you know, Keith or Mick could look at him and say, here, Charlie, do this. And, and he could do it because even though he wasn't flashy, he was extraordinarily skilled and he was restrained with his playing. And that allowed uh, guys like Keith Richards and Mick Jagger and Mick Taylor and Ron Wood and, and you know, to a certain extent, Bill Wyman to dance around with songs, knowing full well that Charlie would keep the beats, and even if they got lost in, in, in their improvisations and their riffing and their soloing, they could, it didn't matter because Charlie kept it solid. So I remember being in a band years ago, and uh, the guitar player turned around to me and looked. He says, you know who the best drummer in the world is? Who? Charlie Watts. Keep the beat. <laughs> and, and, and that's what he is uh, known for. It's, it's, again, it's tasteful, uh, not terribly flamboyant, nope. but also quite skillful. You know, and you take a look at, you know, where he fits in. And like I said, you know, you, you talk about the great drummers, your John Bonhams and things like that. Charlie's name doesn't often come up. But like you say, when you're talking about the number one job of a drummer, and when you're dealing with a Mick Jagger and a Keith Richards and those kind of guys, he he was sort of the glue that held it all together. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen the stone up, stones a million times, and Keith is, you know, off doing something. Oh, and knows? you know, you know, Ron is trying to, Ronnie is trying to, trying to, you know, kind of keep Keith in line. Uh, and sometimes he can do it, but it always comes back to Charlie. Always comes back to, to him and his ability to, to hold everything together to keep it from flying apart. I remember watching them on uh, Saturday Night Live years ago, and they played uh, Shattered. Mm-hmm. And it was completely shambolic, except for Charlie. And the reason it could be shambolic was Charlie. I wonder, and I don't know, maybe it's just the impression that I got. I've seen him live a few times, and I've seen a million different video performances and things like that. I've always known that Charlie's first love was jazz, and as soon as the Stones were off the road, he'd run into the jazz clubs and play with the jazz musicians. I always got the impression that Charlie saw this almost as a job, playing with the Rolling Stones. The rest of the guys, it was their lives, but for Charlie, it was something he did to fund and allow him to do all the other things. Am I right or am I wrong? Did he love being part of the Stones? He did. He didn't like touring. I mean, as, as early as the 1980s, he was saying, no, I'm getting tired of this. I'm getting too old for this. I don't want to do it anymore. But then uh, Michael Cole, the Canadian promoter, comes along in 1989 and creates the Steel Wheels Tour, and that pretty much brings the Stones back from from the brink. And uh, they've been a going concern ever since. And, you know, the money is just, the, the money is just insane. I mean, oh. you know, a Stones tour, you know, up until recently, was, was guaranteed $500 million at the box office. So that's just, you know, that's just too you can't much. say no. <laughs> no. And, and he had a, a, a penchant. His, his big vice was collecting cars. He uh, had a very, very interesting collection of vintage automobiles, yet no driver's license, which is fascinating. <laughs> hey, while I've got you, uh, we're talking about Charlie Watts, but we uh, it's perfect timing to ask you about um, Don Everly. Uh, when you want to talk about the founders and the guys who influenced people like the Rolling Stones, uh, we lost one of them this week, too. Right. So, you know, Phil died. His brother died in 2014. Yep. So Don goes uh, earlier this week. The Everly brothers were one of the uh, the two main influences on the Beatles. Yes, that's right. You know, the other being the other being Buddy Holly. Uh, they were absolutely. You know, the Beatles worked on the harmonies that they had, which you know became one of the most famous and most glorious harmonies in the history of music. Uh, by trying to imitate Phil and Don Everly, mm-hmm. so that and you know Paul McCartney was you know to this day believes that uh, they were the best harmonizing vocal group ever ever created. So it's another one of those weeks where guys of a certain age, and I, I'm not even 50 yet, but these people have been a constant presence in my life, and we're coming to the realization, I think, and I just got a text from a buddy saying, you know what, we're getting old because the guys that have constantly been there and the people that we've looked up to and loved for so long, they're starting to leave us, Alan. Yeah, and I've said this before, uh, over the next five years, we are going to see a mass extinction of these people. Of the legends. I mean, Paul McC- yeah, you know, Paul and Ringo are, are, are way up there. Bob Dylan is way up there. Uh, Mick, you know, he had the heart problem yes, a couple yeah. of years ago, but seemed to bounce back. Roger Waters, a pink point, he's 77. I think David Gilmore 75. And remember that these guys lived through the peak, the greatest sex, drugs, and rock oh, and roll yeah. period in the history of humanity. So, I mean, you know, what are their livers like? What are their arteries like? What are their hearts and spleens like? Yeah, a lot of miles. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of miles. A lot. So it's, you know, Bowie wasn't supposed to die. I mean, uh, this is just, yeah. Enjoy them while you still can. And if they come through town, get out and see them. 
Yes, yes, yes. Great stuff. Thank you, Alan, for your time. All right, you're welcome. Appreciate it. It's Alan Cross, a legendary um, radio announcer and uh, documenteur of rock and roll, uh, going back to the 80s. He's been doing it a long, long time.